last night live on Monday Night Raw, the graduating class from the first season of NXT made a bombastic impact, destroying and injuring everything. The question is now, will the second season of NXT choose to follow suit? We're all going to find out together. Welcome to season two of NXT! The future is now. Welcome back to the season two debut of Half K NXT. This is your boy, Nando O'Neill. And of course, join Larry by the Axe. Larry the Axe. McGillicuddy. <laughs> Let's do this. Back again, back again. We are back. And thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time tuning in to Half K, you are going to be lost as hell. <laughs> so I would highly recommend for you to check out our first season, which is available in our archived episodes. That is available on YouTube, Podbean, or Spotify. So, you know, go back and check them out. But if you are if you really just came here to listen to season two, you're in the right spot. You know what I'm saying? It's going down all around in your town, wherever you're listening from, come hang out with us and get dumb. Half K all day. Oh, yay? Yay, bae. Yay. <laughs> yay, bae. <laughs> Let's do it, man. You know, we. I'm, you know, I'm really excited. You know, off of the top of my head, I know I remember watching a lot of this season that we're going to be watching and reviewing. So it'll be like almost a blast from the past. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, really... Soaking it in differently from the way that I did the first time. Oh, cool. Yeah, I I do remember watching up until maybe season three of the original seasons. But yeah, season two is one of those that I remember a lot of more of the personalities of, of the rookies and pros, but not so much the in-ring action. So I do I, I do enjoy that we're going back to, to recap this just to kind of get familiar with both aspects, you know? You know, that's a good, a really good point that I didn't think about either because I don't remember any of the in-ring action. Mm-hmm. Like, even just um, watching the first episode, yeah, it was like, what the heck? Yeah. I don't remember none of this. So that's really going to be the best part of watching all of this all over again is getting that in-ring side of it on a on a different way of thinking. Right, right, right. No, I, I totally agree. And and yeah, from from just this first episode of season two, it's, it's interesting how they kind of all have a different I feel I could be wrong. What did you what did you think? Did you think that overall that these rookies are a little bit more green compared to the rookies in season one? <sighs> yeah, actually, you know, now that I'm thinking about it, there are there are some really green guys. And then there are just some uh, like naturals, I would say, that inherited it from their lineage. Yeah. And. Just some of these other guys are just really green at like 
I'm looking at it right now and I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, some of these dudes are really, really green. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I think we'll just go straight into it because this is this episode is kind of a mixed bag where there's a lot crammed in, but there also isn't that much crammed in if you don't count in all the recaps that we're going to go through. But we'll go ahead and uh, kick it off so we kind of give you guys an introduction. If this is your first time tuning into us, we'll give you a, a slight background on, on the pairings for this season. So yeah, let's uh, let's start it off. This is NXT number 16. Of course, we are watching this on the WWE Network. Unfortunately, the earlier episodes are not available on Hulu. But if you are watching more of the modern NXT episodes, they are available on the WWE Network and on Hulu. But we will be checking out these retro episodes on the network. The The date for this episode is June 8, 2010 from the... Uh, St. Pete Times Forum. I guess that's a uh, arena, or I don't, I don't know what you would call that. I but, guess, uh, yeah. I guess the forum is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I, I've never, you know, they have one of those in L.A. I think they just call it the forum. Oh, I don't really, okay. I don't really think of that as a location. Yeah. Side note, you know, I just, uh, I just learned today that a hamlet is a small like collection of people. It's like oh. smaller. It's like smaller than a town. But not as big as a city or something like that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. If you say people live in a hamlet, you're not talking about Shakespeare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the hit Broadway uh, musical, right? Mm, nice, <laughs> nice plug there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is from St. Pete Times Forum in Tampa, Florida, and yeah, we kick off with the WWE signature, and then yeah, we kind of. This was kind of interesting. They did a video recap, even though this is the first episode of the second season. But they did a kind of horror movie-esque video package here describing everything that happened with the Nexus. If uh, if you don't know exactly what happened, you can also catch up on our last episode where we recapped season one and went into more depth with the Nexus debut. But this video package, I think... Did a good job. Of course, there's no vocals or no commentary, but they kind of set it up in a way where they made it. They did make it seem more of a horror movie where you just see the destruction of what the Nexus had done. And it was really short, but I think it did a pretty good job of just kind of giving you that mood of ooh, something like this has never happened before. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was really cool because they what came out of season one was this basically group of terrorists yeah and it was it is really cool to see how they played them up as not a joke yeah, yeah. like it added a um a level of seriousness that uh kind of made you take notice of what was coming out of nxt so i think that was a good um segue for the second season to kind of get running mm-hmm. i totally agree and yeah, for those who were also at the time just tuning in for season two, they kind of got a update of, about what the season one rookies had done at that point. So mm-hmm. pretty, really well done. So, yeah, we get the brand new NXT intro. And I think I'll take advantage of the intro breakdown and kind of describe all the pairings for season two. So. Kind of similar to what we did in the debut episode where I asked you to come up with some uh, <laughs> some pairing team names since technically they other than Re or I should say Jericho and Barrett, 
they called themselves the Commonwealth Connection officially, but we kind of gave them some nicknames of our mm-hmm. own. So we decided to do it again for the pairings in season two. So the first team is pro Kofi Kingston, who at this point is currently the IC champion with his rookie, Michael McGillicuddy. What did you have for them? So for Kofi Kingston and Michael McGillicuddy, my team name was Perfect in Paradise. Ooh. Dude, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like when I thought about it, I was like, oh man, this is so good. Yeah, it's yeah. Almost a little too good. <laughs> Pip. <laughs> oh man. Pippin in the house. <laughs> Big Pippin. Dude, that <laughs> it's kind of cool because they they did do pairing names and pairing merchandise for all the mixed mix match, match challenge. challenge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For those teams, and it would have been kind of cool for for them to do the same thing with these guys, especially with that one, Perfect in Paradise. Oh, mm-hmm. that's a T-shirt right there. <laughs> Telling you, dude, it's get her made. <laughs> and next we have Pro Mark Henry with his rookie Lucky Cannon. What you got? Nice. So for these two, I got the world's strongest cannon. Ooh. <laughs> Hmm. I think you're two for two right now. <laughs> hey, man, innuendos are abroad with this one, too, because we got Mark Henry in there, the sexual chocolate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody might be getting lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. All right. And then we got the Long Island IC Zack Ryder with his, well, I'll get into this one later, with his rookie, Titus O'Neil. What, what do you got? Man, and these two together, we are going to call them the hype time players. <laughs> Before Darren gets mm-hmm. in the mix. Yeah, I, I totally forgot that these two guys both came from NXT, Titus mm-hmm. and uh, Darren Young. So very nice. All right. So next we have Lay Cool, which is the combination of Layla and Michelle McCool. And their rookie is Caval. What do you got? TNA. So nice, nice play on his uh, or no, his past at this point, his past life. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And uh, the obvious features of his pros. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Next, we have Mr. AEW himself, (laughs) Cody Rhodes, (laughs) with his rookie. Husky Harris. I'm re- I, I can't wait for this one. What do you All got? right, baby. We going with the Rhodes with Ferrari engines. <laughs> I knew Rhodes had to be in there. I, had, like, I refused to do anything that didn't have Rhodes in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Very well. Uh, <gasps> no, I'm changing that right now from uh, the Rhodes with Ferrari engines to the toll roads. Ah, nice. Yes. The toll roads. Nice. All right. And then we have MVP with his rookie, Percy Showtime, Percy Watson, I should say. Mm-hmm. What do you got? So we got South Beach Primetime. Because although Percy Watson's not from Florida, yeah. he used to team with good old Darren Young as the South, South Beach Party Boy. Boys. That's true, yeah. Yeah, we brought that up in one of the episodes last season. And yeah, I, I totally didn't know that they were a team back in FCW. And hey, that's a good way. And a callback to MVP since he was supposed to be a pro on season one. So mm-hmm. yeah, nice, nice. Well, side note about MVP. Apparently, he was supposed to get um, 
a WWE title run, mm-hmm. but they decided not to because of his criminal background. Oh, you you would think nowadays if say if his career had fast forward to the present time, I think he would have got a run at this point. You know? Oh yeah, I I this is good to watch all over again too because I feel like MVP was there during a time where. His talents weren't fully maximized, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was kind of undervalued. Not undervalued, but he. Just, I don't think he got a chance to really show how good like he was between the ropes or like on the mic. He yeah, got. Yeah, yeah. He made the most out of what was given to him, and it was a lot. Yeah. But I think he could have done a whole lot more if they let him run a little bit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And even from the, the local shows at APW that we've seen him in, you can definitely tell, even though he's a little bit more aged. Mm-hmm. He definitely has that in-ring skill and charisma to really carry a crowd. So, yeah, oh, yeah. definitely. MVP is such a G. Like, mm-hmm. just hell smooth about everything. It's like, oh, man, that's a cool dude right there. Yeah. And I'll I'll be honest. When, when he was around this era, or I should say before this NXT era in... I want to say 2005 to 2008 when he was when he first debuted on SmackDown. This was the era I was also not watching SmackDown as much, mm. so I didn't really get to see much of his uh, of his work at that point. But yeah, with this season, I I can't wait to kind of catch up at that point. After that, we have the Monday Night Delight. Oh yeah, baby, Mr. John Morrison. And his rookie is Eli Cottonwood. Mm, you know what? Who they are together. The shaman of cotton. Ooh. <laughs> what would what would I guess that would look like both of them at that point? <laughs> you know, I, I just keep looking at them and I think they look like very similar because they have the same kind of like hairstyle mm-hmm. and the same facial hair and almost the same head shape. But like, so if John Morrison is a real person, Eli Cottonwood is the the AKI THQ like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of like rendered model of John Morrison yeah, in a yeah, video yeah. game <laughs> like cuz he just kind of has a like he don't got the it, as much depth in his facial expressions as John Morrison does so yeah, you just yeah. kind of see a stoic face all the time and he just looks like a video game character to me yeah i i really hope i get surprised as we're doing these episodes and they do a kind of Halloween episode or something where they kind of dress up as their pro and it would be <laughs> really amazing to see him just fully Morrisoned out. You know what I mean? Dude, I'm telling you, dude, the big shaman of cotton in the house. <laughs> and of course, last but not least, we get the returning pro, The Miz, with his rookie and alleged son, <laughs> Alex Riley. Yes, and with this, we're, we're bringing it back an old stable from yesteryears. The Varsity Club, who actually had um, Husky Harris's dad. Oh, mm-hmm. that's right. It was like him, Rick Steiner, Kevin Sullivan, mm-hmm. Dr. Def, Steve Williams. Yeah, yeah. And somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they did it again in WCW like later. Because I think that incarnation was maybe in the AWA. Mm-hmm. Not too sure. Yeah. No, good callback. I totally forgot about that. And I think I was watching, uh, I don't know if you ever seen the o- OSW guys, where they also do old school wrestling reviews. Mm. And they had uh, reviewed one of the older WrestleManias or SummerSlams, I can't remember. And they were talking about the, the Varsity Club. So mm-hmm. really cool, really cool. 
All right. So now that we've bro- broken down the pairings of season two, we'll get right into the episode. So we start off with Pyro, which I'm still happy about. <laughs> uh, they haven't cut back on it yet. So that's always a good sign. <laughs> Enjoy it while we can. Yeah, yeah. So we get Matt Stryker with uh, kind of a recap. and But I should say, w- once we kick off the show, Cole does a really good job of still getting the eerie eeriness of the whole Nexus attack. Which, again, I, I think they're doing a really good job, like how you had mentioned, where... They're getting these guys over really serious and really making their attack last night a really big deal. Because I know we reviewed the recap, so this feels kind of feels like a, a long time ago that we talked about this. Mm-hmm. But this literally happened the night before on Monday <laughs> Night Raw with the whole Nexus attack. And now that we're recapping or reviewing season two, this is literally the, the next night. So I think they did a really good job of just getting this whole attack over as you mentioned and making it a, a really big deal you know yeah because you know they have to be really shook about it it's like oh man they beat up like staff and mm-hmm. personnel so it's like you know you couldn't just come back the next night on the next show and just be ecstatic about everything yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah welcome all right yeah new season of NXT. it's like wait a minute yeah didn't this show make those dudes that destroyed everything <laughs> yeah yeah so it's like I said, this is a very interesting season debut because we're trying to get over these next rookie and pro pairings, but we kind of have to address the elephant in the room of what had happened the night before. So mm-hmm. it was a it was a juggling act, I, I think, throughout this whole episode. So I don't know if you did you catch the uh, Lucky Cannon, Lucky Charm signs at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> I did, man. I saw a lot of signs, and I was actually really surprised. I was like, man, how do they have all these signs for the new rookies already? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whoa. Like, come on, man. This is a little too forced. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I, I thought it was really cool that it they were really nicely done signs, too. So I, I, was, I was thinking, wow, good job. He's already got the fan support. I don't know if they were friends and family but if they weren't you know good kudos to him hey know? man wherever those signs came from there was a whole bunch of those there like everybody has signs out there i think i seen some eli cottonwood mm-hmm. signs yeah yeah which yeah. was super random <laughs> but hey man i'm all about that yeah so striker does a really good job here of, of yeah still selling his ribs from the attack last night and yeah considering that he didn't get help for <laughs> close to 10 minutes during that whole thing <laughs> it makes sense that he's still hurting and it, it's funny to see that he's still here the next day, but John Cena, of course, is out for a week at this point. Oh, definitely. Yep. <laughs> hey, man, Matt Stryker is a trooper. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so what did you think of the phrase that Stryker used here where he called them the graduating class of the first season? I I didn't understand the term graduating because technically Barrett is the only one that graduated because he had won and has a contract. So I don't understand the phrase graduating class of NXT. So I think what it is that they're just kind of trying to pull something on us. Uh And, you know, what I'm going to say might be a little too logical. (laughs) But uh, so what I think they're going to try to do is spin this as they all get contracts yeah. but only one of them gets uh-huh. a shot at the title of their choosing yeah. so what they're going to try to do is like they don't say they don't directly say FCW I feel like ever mm-hmm. but 
these people from uh that are on NXT are supposed to be like the chosen few who get contracts and then out of these chosen few one of those is going to get a title shot just off the bat but they're mm. all still rookies yeah yeah that makes too much sense <laughs> and i think striker just messed up <laughs> you know um i think it also makes too much sense but you know let's give him the benefit of the doubt yeah 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 because i was also wondering i we talked about this last season where you know barrett won and technically if they didn't do this whole nexus angle right after what would what would they do with the other seven guys you know so yeah i, I think you're on to something at this point well, you know when you're barrett what is the you know, I guess that's like a, I guess with him, you kind of play it like, yeah, I won. I'm going to get a title shot. I'm going to bring all these guys who didn't win. And they're going to be my gang mm-hmm. and you're going to hire them too. Or we're going to destroy everything. Yeah. But yeah. they didn't say none of that, but that's what they're implying. Yeah. 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 Or it makes too much sense. <laughs> I'm going to lean towards option B. <laughs> then Stryker said, or Stryker asked the crowd, will the, the will the rookies of season two choose to follow suit? And I bet the rookies backstage were thinking, hmm, I, I wasn't really thinking about that, but that's a good idea. <laughs> you mean to tell me we don't even actually have to compete? We can just riot and you guys are going to sign us? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, they that, that was Stryker's fault if they did decide to do that because I bet the, the rookies weren't even thinking that. <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? I just left the gym. I thought we were going to do some... Screw this, man. <laughs> After that, then, Striker does the official introductions of all the pros and rookies. So the way they do it is similar to how we just recapped it, where the pros come down and then they introduce their their rookie. I I will say that when uh, Laycool and Caval came down, I, I loved it that they were kind of matching. But I, I really <laughs> wish that Caval was wearing half red and half blue because <laughs> Layla was wearing this really nice well, I, Layla and Michelle were wearing the same kind of outfit, but one was in red and one was in blue. And then Caval came out with just a red color. So he was kind of matching. I love how he just looks like he's so unamused at everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he's already playing up that. Well, I don't know. Even, I don't even know if he's playing if as much as he's just being himself. I think know? he's just being himself, man. <laughs> like That's just an intense dude, apparently. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Loki. <laughs> and uh, speaking of matching, yeah, MVP and Percy are actually matching. They're both sporting red and they look like a legit pairing at this point. They, you know, I noticed this by a bunch of the teams that like a lot of them just look like friends. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like they're yeah. actual friends. Yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. I, I do agree that they they do look like overall they're, they're getting along a lot more than the pairings of season one. Mm-hmm. Usually it took maybe four or five episodes for them to finally get together and, and find their groove. But yeah, I agree. Just them walking down the aisle, they all seem pretty buddy, buddy with each other. Already. Yeah. Like all of them, like it seems like the, like all the pros really want to get their rookie to win. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, they're really following up on this coach logic a lot more. This yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. they're plugging out a lot more from now on. I'm, Basically going to call Titus O'Neil the pro. <laughs> hey, man, you know what? I'm pretty sure in actual age years, Titus is his senior. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that could easily have been flipped around. Yeah. <laughs> Rookies, pay attention. 
Season two is going to be very different than season one. Season two will only be 12 weeks long. So the pressure is intense. In three weeks time, the WWE pros will cast their very first pros poll and you, the WWE universe, will cast your first vote as well. Gentlemen, ladies, in six weeks time, we will have our first elimination as we get closer and closer to finding out who will follow Wade Barrett and become the WWE's next breakout star? Who will go on to earn a championship match live on pay-per-view? Right off the bat, once all once all, all the pairings are in the ring, Stryker kind of uh, gets to the point, which I really like. I, this is exactly what I wanted from <laughs> the first episode on season one to do. But I think kind of what we had mentioned back then that I think they were really just making it up as they as they went along. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I think we called and said, like, you know what? When they do season two, they're going to have it better mapped out. <laughs> this this feels similar to you and I being in tech where the the next patch update will be better than the the first one. So this is exactly what happened with season two. Yeah, it's just like the next patch. It's just, you know, this is what NXT dot two versus NXT dot one. So. Yeah. So then uh, Stryker says that, you know, whoever wins this will be following Wade Barrett as the next breakout superstar and getting a title shot at a future pay-per-view. And, yeah, I wonder if the rookies were also thinking, does that also include me being the next Nexus leader for the season two cast? Of course. Of course. <laughs> Is that a thing hidden in the contract that no one saw mm-hmm. as, they were, as they were reading it out? So, yeah, Stryker then goes back into his part-time GM role <laughs> and says that the rookies will get a chance to prove themselves next. And, uh, yeah, it, this was this one was kind of random where, I don't know, where Husky Harris just kind of runs up to Stryker and just starts shouting nonsense. I, I couldn't, even, couldn't even really pick up what he said, you know? He's just being himself. <laughs> He's being all good old Husky Harris, whatever that means. Jeez. And, uh, yeah, the... All the pros and rookies kind of start shoving a little bit and uh, go to commercial break at that point. Once we come back, Josh and uh, Cole say that they're going to recap the Nexus attack from last night later on. Yeah, so we kind of go to a mat attack the first tag match right away. There's no entrances where it's Eli Cottonwood and John Morrison going up against Titus O'Neil and Zack Ryder. Big Eli in the house. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, I think Cole and Josh did a good job again, just keeping the importance of the Nexus attack and that uh, technically they're not even called the Nexus yet. They, you know, we're just referring to them as the Nexus, but they're still kind of calling them the graduating class of NXT season one. So oh, that's right. Yeah. But they all just had those uh, armbands, mm-hmm, but they symb- symbolically for no reason. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they still haven't officially called them by the nexus name yet that's my favorite thing about nxc is that you know it just doesn't stand for anything Mm -mm. yeah they they never really you know they kind of just left it to us to interpretate it how we want to you know yeah like i mean granted it's pretty the obvious thing to go for is like 
next. Yeah, yeah. But you know, what if they wanted to go with like new extreme trials? <laughs> you know, or, they, yeah, they could have easily given it yeah, an some, acronym. Yeah, you know, if this if NXT came out in like the nineties, it would have had a weird acronym. Oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> So from there, we get Ryder and Morrison to start off the match. I do like how the other pros that are not competing are already on the stage evaluating the match. So kind of how we were just saying that they're really putting an emphasis on the whole coaching aspect a Mm -hmm. lot more here. Yeah, I enjoyed that, too. I I thought it gave it more of a kind of like, a you know, that everything matters Mm -hmm. kind of feel to it that, you know, you're always being watched on your performance and. it's very critical that you should perform well, even if you win or lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they really, they kind of got that aspect of it in the last season, but that only happened towards the end, as opposed to what you just said, that they're doing it right off the bat, which which was really good. From there, the the pros kind of tag out the rookies, and Titus delivers a really nice shoulder tackle on Eli. It was funny because right after you can kind of hear Ryder yell out at Titus, uh, do the dog thing. And then, <laughs> and then look, Titus just does his uh, his trademark bark at that point. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I think you're right. I think how you said you can tell how much fun they're already having and that they they really are more buddy buddy on this season. So, yeah, uh, Eli does take control at that point and splashes Titus in the uh, the tag corner and tags back out. What would you call that move that Morrison does where he jumps in in the ring and then transitions into a sit-down drop kick right away where he kind of, uh, yeah, just jumps over the top rope as the guy's on the ground and then... Does he kind of do like that little roll like Ali? No, no, no. It's it's more of where the guy's sitting... Oh, um, I guess a slingshot seated corner drop kick. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's yeah. I was trying to think of a name to write down there, but I was I was gonna ask you for your opinion. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, worst come to worst, just break it down exactly what it is. Yeah, like, <laughs> that's how wrestling moves literally get named. It's like what is it? Uh, sit out power bomb. Sit out power bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Done. <laughs> Done. My my cheat sheet was back in the day was always WrestleMania 2000 and just oh so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, the video games. You know that's how I learned the sport of football. Really was like. NFL 2K5 because they had all the plays laid out in it. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, I was yeah. like, what? This is what this means? So it's like you learned all the wrestling moves in video games. Like, what? Yeah. This is what you guys call this in Japan? Yeah. That's what's up. All right, let's go. Yeah, because when uh, our buddy Ryan would create his wrestler, that's how I would start learning the official name of all these moves just by him creating his wrestler. And then you would just see the the move in action and then the name right next to it. So You know what's the equivalent of that now? Fire Pro Wrestling. Ah. Fire Pro Wrestling has every wrestling movie you possibly think of. Yeah. And like there's and I guess on the PC version of it, they have a move creator. Oh, okay. So you could like I guess you combine animations that are already in the game and they have a like crap ton of them and uh-huh. then you can kind of create your own moves. I was like, man, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, Shout out to Fire Pro Wrestling. Yeah, I I still want to pick it up, but it's one of those games where I I I'm pretty sure you can attest to it that it takes a lot of time to invest into it so yeah if you really want to um like that's the kind of game if you really want to enjoy it you got to like really just sit there and play it pick up on like the nuances because that's where it really get deep because it's even though it's like a 2d plane kind of game it plays in so many different dimensions because just the way they set it up is really cool yeah after commercial break Ryder is in control with a headlock on morrison 
Morrison afterwards gets, uh, or I should say, Morrison afterwards hits a really nice and quick clothesline. And yeah, Ryder's sold it really well. And I think that's one of the things that I remember Zack Ryder during his phase here and in his ECW days, that he's just a really good seller and overall worker. Mm. And just his uh, his chemistry with his fellow pro in uh, in Morrison, you can tell how much chemistry the, the two of them have, you know? You know what I just thought about right now? I bet the reason why a lot of these uh, teams are more buddy buddy than the season before mm-hmm. is that the the pros here yeah probably all came from ovw oh, right. or fcw themselves so they probably either know a bunch of them mm-hmm. or like you know they they understand yeah. exactly where they're coming from because they came from the same area so i'm looking at what even mark henry spent a little time in ovw mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah so like yeah all of them at the very least came from ovw yeah so, yeah, that's probably why they probably have a, just more of a mutual kinship versus like, mm, you know, that's like a good point. the other guys, they paid their dues in other ways, but they didn't come through the exact same type of circuit. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. like, you know, Daniel Bryan was probably the most, quote unquote, indie of that pack versus you had like Chris Jericho, who did that like early indies, that territory day. Yeah, scene. yeah, yeah. So that's. It's a little different. So that's why I think these teams now get along better visually because they just understand each other better. Yeah. No, that's a really good point that I, I didn't think of. And that's similar to modern NXT and the main roster now where that's why a lot of these guys are having good matches because how you just mentioned that they were they were coming up together at the performance center. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah, man. It's like they're just waiting for all their buddies to make the team. Mm-hmm. Like, or, you know, transfer to the school they're going to. <laughs> yeah. So after that, Ryder tags out to Titus. And you can kind of tell how Titus is getting used to the in-ring style compared to, yeah, these guys where there's a little bit of hesitation in the next sequence that he does compared to Morrison and Ryder, how I just mentioned that they're, they've been working really smooth together. But it it is kind of what we just said, that they're used to working the the style of FCW and OVW that it, this whole opportunity on NXT and being on official TV at this point, because this is when NXT was actually on TV still Mm -hmm. compared to now where it's only on the network. So they do have to kind of get adjusted to the whole WWE main roster style of working the cameras. So you can tell Titus is a little bit greener compared to the pros, but still kind of holding up his own at this point. Titus almost kind of feels that um, kind of David Otunga boy because mm-hmm. yeah. he's probably just about as green. E- either him or Percy Watson, like, is the more green guy. Yeah, yeah. I was going to go. Well, this is kind of more in the next episode, but I was going to go more with Lucky Cannon as being the greenest. Is he? I hmm. think I could be wrong, but just on his uh, in-ring skills. Hmm. But. I could be wrong, but yeah, compared to all the guys in the ring right now, I, I would say Titus for sure is is probably maybe the greenest, but mm, okay, yeah, we'll see. And uh, yeah, after that, Morrison hits a a nice kick on Titus and attempts to pin, but Ryder breaks it up, and Eli actually comes in and knocks out Ryder, and then that sets up Morrison to uh, move Titus to the corner and hit his finisher, the Starship Pain, which is the split legged corkscrew moonsault <laughs> yes and, i love starship Pain. oh yeah it's it's such a 
it it's a fancier version of RVDs kind of corner. Uh, what, what what would you call it? RVDs? Split legged moonsault. Yeah, yeah, split legged moonsault. But yeah, it's just every single time he's done it, it's, it's always come out really it's clean. A, it's just a very pretty move, man. And as much as I, I I don't really care for it as a finisher, like a match ender. Yeah. But I love seeing it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If it was one of those like I pick up a win every now and then, like kind of like or similar to the lion salt. Oh, it's not a finisher no yeah, more, yeah, but yeah. it's like always beautiful to see. Like, wow, that is so cool, man. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. So, yeah, he uh, picks up the victory at 538. And, yeah, I think it was a pretty pretty decent match. Des- despite the kind of, uh, yeah, kind of weird interaction that Titus had a little bit, I think overall it was a solid match. And uh, right afterwards, I do like how kind of what we were saying, more of the coach and sports aspect of it kick in where so far in this season they start doing these post-match evaluations right at right after the match is over (laughs) so striker gets in the ring and asks morrison what he thought of his rookie he kind of gave him a generic answer saying that you know some people will like him and some people don't but everyone has their own opinion and then striker gets feedback from the other pros on the stage i'll insert the sound clip here but the miz kind of tells everyone that they failed to impress him and they didn't do their job. So you can tell the Miz is already going to be the hard ass of, of this season. He's Simon Cowell. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's perfect. That's the perfect analogy. He's definitely, he probably channeled a lot of Simon Cowell into this too. Yeah, yeah. So after that then, we kind of kick it off to Michael Cole and Josh and they, you can, <laughs> even though at this point, Daniel Bryan has been released, like legitly released from the company. Cole still kind of throws some jabs at him during uh, this interaction. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they throw to Alex Riley's rookie profile video. And I will say that I really like this video package because compared to the ones that they did for season one, they definitely developed not only a recap of their their history, their personal history, but they really emphasize more of their characters in the, in these video packages where right off the bat, you with with Riley specifically, they do that before take and cuts before his promo actually starts. So it, it kind of gives it that emphasis of, you know, he feels super important that. He needs to get out of here as quickly as possible because he has a, a million other things to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, all, it already paints a picture that he's a tool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that was perfect. Like, the, everything that gets presented in this season is a clear enhancement from the first one. So, mm-hmm. I really like that. So, I'm kind of very intrigued to see how they're going to improve on some of the more lackluster things from the season before. Yeah. So, so far, I mean, there's not you know too much to the episode itself but it's given us a lot yeah and yeah i think that yeah with this one this promo specifically he he kind of gives over the fact i i like his character too because he doesn't do the the average oh i'm uh i'm better than you kind of gimmick he kind of proclaims it in a way of saying that you know people here will tell you their rocky balboa story but that wasn't how I brought up. I was brought up with more. He didn't say privilege, but he said, what's the word I'm trying to look for? He uh, he said that his family was more fortunate. So he kind of plays it in a different aspect of that cocky heel. Mm-hmm. And I really liked it because 
he's he's kind of showing off but not gloating about it he's just kind of saying that he's been exposed and raised on just total success so yeah because mama was like miss mm-hmm. was that pennsylvania or virginia or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that and his daddy was a pro football player and then he became a sports broadcaster yeah yeah yeah. So, i paid attention to all of that yeah. alex Riley was my guy yeah yeah and and yeah he he plays more into his character too where he he said that his whole life people have been asking him for his autograph and then he does that autograph signature on the screen itself so yeah this video package really knocked it out of the park as far as getting him over as a character and his gimmick in a minute minute and a half you know what i mean so yeah does my hair look all right of course it looks all right what am i asking you for (laughs) we get lunch right can we get this thing going i gotta meet my girlfriend for a martini my name is alex riley i am from georgetown virginia you know, I wish sometimes that I had a Rocky Balboa story or a sob story to tell you, but that's not how my life was. I was very fortunate as a young man. I don't have a problem admitting that. Alex Riley has arrived, and he's running the show. Now, is this all over? Because I got dinner reservations. You're dismissed. So after that, we go to commercial break. And when we come back, yeah, right away, we go into the next match, which is also the main event of this show. And it is MVP and Percy Watson going up against Cody Rhodes and Husky Harris. Yeah, we have Percy and Cody starting off the match. I do like before they even start interacting that I really like Cody's entering mannerisms where he kind of just looks at. Percy as, you know, are you serious? This is the guy who I have to fight. And I think that's that whole in-ring psychology that a lot of a lot of seasoned wrestlers kind of say that you got to do more with your character versus then, you know, just doing a lot of flips and just doing damage to your body. That you can tell a story based on your mannerisms and it can tell more to the crowd versus taking all these bumps, you know? Yeah, that's, you know... That's such a hard argument always to make because I stand on both sides of it yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Because if you give me a whole card of high spots, I'm gonna be drained. Yeah, yeah. But if you give me like a match full of high spots and then a storytelling match, and then you know, just like a t- you know, you, you there's a whole lot of stuff that you can do that just doesn't involve, you know, really just throwing your body around. Like you don't have to be the most athletic to be the best sports entertainer yeah 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 and granted nowadays the the local indie scene is also kind of doing their own evolution of making sure it's not all just spot fest spot fest spot fest that they're also doing a mixture of the sports entertainment side of it where there's good matches but they also want to get over characters and stories and yeah i think that's what the wwe still is king at of doing the perfect blend of the two of getting over really athletic and technical guys, but making sure that we build some personality and making sure that they can tell a story with their, their body language, you know? Yeah. I think that's like, that's kind of where the WWE reigns supreme, but I really attribute that to the fact that they can put on weekly shows. Mm, Yeah. It's really hard to establish your guy's character when you know, say if you're APW and you're holding an event once a month. Yeah. So, like, what am, am, am I the fan? What am I supposed to pretend that these guys are doing? Like, they only wrestle once a month? Or, you know, they're 
fighting somewhere and I just don't get to see it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. That I think that's what makes it um very advantageous for the WWE or just anybody who can have a syndicated weekly show. Like I know Impact probably does it. I just don't know what channel they're on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If they're on TV. Yeah. I don't even think they're on regular TV anymore, but yeah, I I agree. I think it's it's having that opportunity to to keep telling that story week after week. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. The commentators here, you can tell that they're also having fun and they kind of bring up the pairing of Husky and and Cody or yeah, they're, they're pairing and saying that they have so many connections within their family legacies and yeah i thought that was really cool that they kind of bring up their history again that i like that the pros are are still watching the matches on the stage it just as as we mentioned just gives it more of that sport aspect of it percy gets some really good offense on cody before cody tags out and uh yeah husky how would you kind of describe his gimmick at this point because he seems a little a little bit of what he is now at Bray Wyatt, where he's a little bit wacky. Yeah, it's so weird. Like to to go back and see that in retrospect. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, whoa. Yeah. You've been the same guy the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're just more eccentric about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I don't obviously we haven't got to his video package yet, but just seeing him in in ring now and the little promo that he did before this it, it's kind of a unique gimmick that he has where it's not serious but it, it well he is kind of serious but he's kind of wacky it just changes from moment to moment you know he's I mean? bipolar mm-hmm. yeah so man he's been like this all the time yeah <laughs> wow it is weird to kind of look back at it <laughs> it's like wow you just needed the right look to accompany what you've been trying to do mm-hmm so yeah, he's um I would call him, I guess, you know who he reminds me of? Psycho Sid. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. To where he's kind of um almost kind of schizophrenic, but not directly schizophrenic because sometimes he's just kind of really zany and then another time he's speaking very seriously, but it's almost like he'll switch in the same instance. Yeah. So I'll kind of say uh a lighter version of Psycho Sid, which is pretty much kind of a precursor to what he ends up becoming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, that's a that's a good evaluation. Then, yeah, it's it's interesting too because based on that, he kind of has he's tapping into his football background because a lot of his offense moves are very football like attacks. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Rhodes tags back in and hits a suplex on Percy and stays in stays in control before going to commercial break. Coming back, Cody is still in control. And Husky tags back in and hitting a really nice senton splash on Percy. Dude, that looked really, really good as far as when I I should say it looked bad. But when I mean bad, it looked really good, <laughs> if, if that makes any sense. Oh, it makes perfectly good sense. <laughs> Man, you know, just watching this first match, I'm looking at or not this first match, but I'm watching this match and there's a lot of good talent in this match. Mm-hmm. So we got MVP who's solidly underrated for his contributions. Percy Watson is very green, mm-hmm. but he's holding his own. Yeah. Cody's a vet. Husky's damn near vet. He's just, you know, because he was born into it, you know, he probably had early training on it. Yeah. With all of his family and all that. So he's a natural. Cody's a natural. It's like second generation people are usually always <clears throat> naturals. Yeah. 
some are way better than others, but at the very least, second generation people always get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is a very solid cast of people in this match alone. And I think Percy benefited a lot from locking horns with, you know, the 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 next generation guys and then being with MVP, whom I'm thinking is gonna be much more of a coach than, you know, say people from the first season. Yeah, yeah. I I'm already predicting that MVP and Mark Henry will be the most coach like coach on this season. So mm-hmm. yeah. So Percy does get the eventually gets the hot tag to MVP. MVP is yeah, how as we mentioned, really over with the crowd in in this point and dominates over Husky and hits Ballin. I I I thought back of our conversation that we had in season one where we were talking about these kind of basic moves, but with a lot of uh, the- theater to them with the rocks, people's elbow and road dogs, shaky legs into the, the knee drop. And yeah, I totally forgot about balling in general mm-hmm. where just that simple elbow drop, but just adding that little finesse to mm-hmm. it. Once you got, if you added a pose or whatever you were doing, it was instantly more impactful. Yeah. I, I miss those actually. Mm-hmm. We need more of those. That, that's what I was thinking. The, the more I saw this with season one and now season two, I feel that someone nowadays should do one of these moves again. We need more theatrics, man. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. what Kofi Kingston is one of the last few with oh, theatrics yeah. moves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he still hits his boom drop, but he goes, New Day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's we right. Need more the- and then, like, uh, Daniel Bryan and uh, The Miz never kick anybody in the head when they do their theatrics kicks. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah, bring them back. We're we're giving you ideas, guys. Come on, man. We just need a little bit more theatrics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give us give us a little bit more. <laughs> so as MVP tries to go for the play of the day, which is a leaping reverse STO, mm. Cody distracts both the referee and Percy Watson and tries to get a sneak attack on the top rope. But MVP counters it with the player's boot. <laughs> mm, I love the player's boot. <laughs> And this one was a more devastating because Cody was diving at him. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Player's boot, baby. <laughs> MVP then tags in Percy and holy crap, he hits the Maya Via Hurricane. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Which is uh, technically the float over DDT. Yes. But in my heart of hearts, I will always call it the Maya mm-hmm. Via Hurricane. Take it back to the Warzone days, yeah. baby. So, yeah. Percy Watson gets the victory in 847 and... It came out of nowhere, but I really liked how he did it. It 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 was pretty smooth. Man. And- Wait, uh, you know what I just it just hit me right now. Like, so what the play of the day was a jumping, leaping SEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever noticed that like <laughs> every black dude the WWE always like end up getting a jumping leaping SEO at some point as their finisher? Sheldon Benjamin was oh, doing yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. R Truth had it. That's right. <laughs> it's such a transition move. Hey man, you need new finishers to use this. Oh, all right, thanks. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those where they'll just stick it on you as a developmental guy, and then you'll mm-hmm. find your true calling later on. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just like the black dude frog splash is always the same one that D-Lo does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> so after that, Striker comes into the ring right away. It's funny because Striker in this season is just sitting in the corner, and they kind of just... As soon as the match, any of these matches end, he rapidly just gets in the ring to start getting uh, all the pros feedback about the matches. And yeah, they they are all the rookies are about to start beefing with each other and start 
fighting right after the match, but Stryker kind of gains control of the whole segment. He quickly asked Cody what he thought of Husky's performance. He says that it was kind of weird. Cody is kind of making fun of him, but not really, where he says that he looks like a family member in most of the WWE universe. So it's kind of a weird thing where it felt like he was dissing him, but complimenting him at the same time. It's like a, uh, it's almost a backhanded compliment. Yeah. But like, it's more blatantly like an insult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he he also does the same thing to Percy Watson, where he he says that, you know, Percy Watson is already a, a breakout athlete or a better, you know, a good athlete, but he's going to mold Husky to be an even better athlete than him. So he was kind of complimenting Percy, but not really. So it was more of yeah, a He's like, all right, man, it was it was a very weird segment. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Everything he was saying was like, wait a minute. Yeah, you're insulting your guy, but then you're saying you're gonna make him better. Yeah, but you said the other guy looked great, but you're gonna say your guy's gonna be better than him. Yeah, yeah, hmm. yeah. <laughs> After that, then we kick back to Josh and Cole, and they throw it away to the Michael McGillicuddy video profile. And I know that you have to be excited about this one. <laughs> I have special, special place in my heart for Mr. McGillicuddy here. Yeah. Love this guy. <laughs> Basic recap is that they kind of get over his family legacy, similar to a lot of the second and third generation superstars who kind of say the same thing of that they talk about their legacy, but that they want to make their own stamp and, mm-hmm. and stand out on their own. I like Michael McGillicuddy because he's very generic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, but he's just so crisp in the ring and like smooth that you can see why he still has a job now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I am Michael McGillicuddy, and I'm from Champlin, Minnesota. You could call me wrestling royalty. I come from a lineage and a heritage full of champions. My grandfather, the legendary Larry the Axe Hennig. My father, WWE Hall of Famer, Mr. Perfect, Kurt Hennig. I got royal blood running through my veins. It's time for me to make that impact. I remember a time back they called it ruthless aggression. Well, it's back. I was born to do this job. It's up to me to continue the Hennig family legacy. Once we come back, all the pros and rookies are standing in the ring. And yeah, all the all the pros are on the left side of the ring and all the rookies are, or I should say, are on the left side of the camera and all the rookies are on the right side of the camera. Mm-hmm. And at this point, as I just said, that that was the last match of the show and they still have 20 minutes left going. <laughs> and in my head, I'm like, how are they going to how are they going to fill this episode and they, yeah, they they literally play this Nexus attack, the whole thing, mm-hmm. like literally the whole thing. So if, in case if you didn't watch it on Raw, they pl- pretty much play the exact same thing. So I don't want to get too much into detail with this since we did recap it for our own season recap, but just a really really mini version. They the graduating class, as they call it, <laughs> of NXT season one attacked John Cena at the main event on Raw last night and afterwards also attacked several member or several WWE employees that were around the ring. And yeah, they it's 
to my knowledge, has never been done in that way. I know the NWO has done stuff similar to this, but not on that level where it was a... Uh, the NWO did some pretty crazy stuff because they was like powerbombing Eric Bischoff through tables. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like, this was one solid attack and it was a long attack versus like, you know, these little like, yeah, now we're going to prank you and powerbomb you over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, yo, this is the first time you've seen us. Instant terror. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think what I said at on our recap that they made all eight guys into stars overnight. Mm-hmm. So I know technically they were busting their their asses on the first season of NXT, but for the people who didn't watch it and were just watching the main shows of Raw and SmackDown, they basically became superstars overnight. So oh, that's how you make an impact right there. Yeah. Yeah. From there, they kind of, uh, yeah, it was interesting because I thought they were going to do a edit cut where they weren't actually watching this live, but they were. <laughs> they were just <laughs> So they sat there for 10 plus minutes just watching this whole thing in the ring, which I thought was pretty interesting. Awkward. Yeah. So right afterwards, Stryker then starts asking all the rookies what they thought about their predecessor's attack. And he starts with Caval. Caval says that it was unbelievable but if if you want to make a statement, that's how you make a statement. It was interesting because Stryker was really upset about his answer. He <laughs> he, he got really he threw facial shade at him basically, where he just didn't he wasn't Caval didn't really say anything terrible, you know what I'm saying? But the way that Stryker reacted to it, he was like he, What do you mean that's yeah. how you do it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just stating his opinion, so I, I yeah, I didn't understand the hate from Stryker at that point. <laughs> That's because Caval doesn't understand empathy. Yeah. He's straightforward about his business uh, okay. 24-7. I, I guess in his booming voice, it, it did sound <laughs> a little evil. <laughs> it sounded really like, it's like, he don't care about nothing right now. It's yeah. like, whatever y'all want to do. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest city in Bro- 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 Brooklyn, Bro- New York. <laughs> Man, that food sound like he eat peanut butter 24-7. <laughs> And yeah, the total opposite. Then he striker asked Lucky Cannon what he thought, and he says that it was cowardly, but he agrees with Caval and saying that you know that's how you make a statement. But then striker doesn't get mad at him, so <laughs> mm-hmm. that just yeah, that just emphasizes Caval being that evil yeah. booming voice guy. Either that or striker is like prejudice against short dudes. <laughs> yes, I'm gonna lean towards that based on that. Uh, this little dude, his opinion, like, oh, this big guy, and his opinion, much better. Yeah, <laughs> say the same thing. And then, and then, of course, we get our boy Husky with my favorite reply, where <laughs> he just says, "You know what? You know, it wasn't. He didn't agree with it, but." I don't really care. <laughs> I'm just here to win. I'm just here to win NXT and that's it. So I got to give Husky my 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 victory to him at that point. Husky Harris is all about his business, man. He don't care about yesterdays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You know what I'm saying, man, yeah. I'm on this season. This is not my concern unless they want beef. Yeah. So he's, he's the most real out of all of them. So Come I, on, I really man, like wrestling that. cowboy boots. You got to be real. <laughs> Riley tries to joke around, but... The crowd don't really react to it where he tries to pretend to sneeze and says that he's allergic to Stryker, but the joke just didn't land with with anybody. And Percy says, or I should say Percy gives the most babyface reply out of all of them, where the crowd gets really behind him when he says that, you know, what they did was wrong and that they should have fought John Cena mano on mano and one on one. So, yeah, 
he's 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 got the crowd behind him based on that answer. That's because kids love that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. He's all about justice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we love justice. Yeah. And then the total opposite was Eli, who says, "Yeah, Cena deserved every bit of it," <laughs> and instantly the crowd just like gets on him and starts like, going, "What? He's crazy!" Yeah, boo. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, this is with me giving Titus all the props and telling him right now that I've definitely been there and done that. Where Titus, poor Titus, <laughs> he definitely got in one of those cliche situations of you should have quit while you were ahead. Where he was saying that, you know, it sounded strong at first where he was saying that if any of the season one folks tried to do that with one of them, you know, see what happens. And that if you're going to pick a fight, pick a fight. And then instantly you can tell he kind of freezes at that point. And then he says, if you're going to make it a win, make it a win. (laughs) And you can just tell that. Uh, how many metaphors do you want right now because he started smiling already so he already in his head you know he messed up and just (laughs) he should have just cut it off when he was ahead already yep and just like backed away from the camera and just stood with his chest high yeah (laughs) titus o'neill your thoughts my thoughts my thoughts are i think that season one come out here and try that with one of us my thoughts My thoughts are, if you're going to fight, make it a fight. And if you want to (laughs) win, make it a win. But I'll say this, Zack Ryder, if you push me in my chest like you did earlier, John Cena won't be the only one that have to answer. I think he kind of remembers maybe his his line or what and and this is what I I kind of appreciated that at this point I think similar to season 1 where a lot of the stuff was off the cuff a little bit where maybe they gave him an outline of where they should progress the story but maybe they didn't have to memorize their lines mm-hmm. line by line so I think at that point he was trying to transition into his storyline with Zack Ryder because afterwards he kind of pulls the mic back away from Stryker yeah. and says that, you know, hey, Zach, if uh, if you want to push me again, see what happens. So at that point, I think he was, of course, is talking, you know, freestylingly, but he probably he realized forgot. that he had he needed to set something up. Yeah, 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 yeah. So then the last one is Mr. McGillicuddy and <laughs> kind of the same thing where I felt bad for him, but for a different reason, because Mike has always been really good on the mic. And as he's about to get into more of his promo, Stryker kind of just pulls the mic away from him and just cuts him off, basically. (laughs) And so I felt kind of bad for him. And then Stryker kind of goes into his Bill Pullman Independence Day speech, as I call it, (laughs) where he says that on behalf of all the WWE employees who got attacked and for their safety... I want I want to officially welcome all the rookies to the WWE and to NXT and lay cool go over and hug Caval and then out of nowhere Michelle just slaps him and then Layla slaps him right after and then all the male pros start attacking all the other rookies so I don't know about you but I kind of have mixed feelings about this this segment because I understand where they're coming from because they're trying to make sure that they don't follow what the the first season had done, the first the graduating class had done. But it did make him 
feel a little bit weak because at this point you have Laycool who are not, you know, actively physically fighting the the rookies. Mm-hmm. So it's a seven on eight attack. And then when you think about it, you have this giant in Eli Cottonwood that <laughs> he should have at least taken out one of the pros to kind of <laughs> kind of emphasize that his his size and stature would have at least taken out somebody. Mm-hmm. But basically, yeah, the the pros just kind of attack all of them. And it was kind of weird too that the the pairings ha- started attacking each other because Riley and the Miz start really like fighting on the ground and everything like that. So I I would have liked it at least if the different pros would have yeah attacked. like don't attack your guy yeah, yeah, yeah i didn't care for it i actually really didn't like it yeah yeah i understand it like i bet you they couldn't do that same thing now because it's like hazing yeah you don't want to promote that type of behavior mm-hmm. yeah. so i didn't really care for it i i don't know i felt like it's uh maybe i just kind of like took personal offense i was like bro you can't hold me accountable for what somebody else exactly did. yeah yeah so yeah i had mixed feelings i I understood it, but yeah, I, I kind of agree agree with you that it wasn't my favorite segment, especially to end the first episode of the new season. It it just felt kind of kind of off. You know? Yeah, it was kind of in poor taste. Like I can understand if they did that like before, you like if they made it seem like they so maybe if they would have done that in the beginning of the episode yeah yeah and gave the the sell that oh this is the first time these pros are meeting these rookies and then kind of over the course you know once they start giving their opinion on their rookie then they kind of win their trust back and it will go from there yeah 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 i agree yeah that wraps up the episode so for me i'll i'll kind of just get into the uh the fun facts for this episode before i go into my scores so yeah, as I mentioned before, the Miz is the first returning pro, and uh, Laycool are the first female pros. And kind of weird that off camera we do have a new ring announcer in Jamie Keys and Angela Angela Fong, who was Savannah for season one. She transitioned into a Raw backstage interviewer, and sadly, just a few weeks later on June. 23rd of that year they released her from her contract so hmm. it was i didn't really see anything else to it i was trying to research if there was any reasoning but yeah they pretty much just let her go three roughly three weeks after this season had debuted so yeah savannah's last episode was the season finale of of season one so oh man i like savannah yeah too. i and, mean it was funny because the new chick looks just like her but caucasian yeah <laughs> But it's it's kind of weird how they didn't even address her by name compared to Savannah. That on the de- debut episode of NXT, they had her in the ring, like the camera actually had a full body shot of her. It said her name on the graphic and everything. And here they just kind of ignored who Jamie Keys was. So it was kind of weird. <laughs> hey man, if they don't say it. It didn't happen. So yeah. I, I don't even remember seeing her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, I really don't even think she was on camera this whole episode. You just heard her <laughs> slightly, and, and that was it. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, for me, I will go ahead and go into my scores. For commentary, I gave it a three because I did enjoy, as, as we were mentioning, that they got over the seriousness of the Nexus attack. But nothing other than that, nothing really stood out too much from their commentary on the actual matches. And also, this is also getting a little bit less because of 
the entertainment factor that I'll mention in a bit. And yeah, for the matches, it also suffered from the entertainment factor. I gave it a two just because I think the matches were okay and they were average. But because of the short amount of matches, the length of the matches, I should say, compared to that whole video recap that we had throughout the episode, Mm. it kind of took away from if if the matches were a little bit longer or they included another one, I probably would have gave it a higher score. But based on the length of the matches and just only having two matches, I I just gave it a two. For production, I did give it a 3.5 because, you know, this is a brand new season and kind of how we mentioned earlier where they have finally found their groove with everything on how to pace the episode better. And they did a really good job with these first rookie profiles of the new cast. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, production probably were the stars of this episode. But yeah, I gave Entertainment a three just because... I, I was a little disappointed by the this being the debut episode, but I kind of understand it where they were trying to juggle two big storylines at the, at the same time where they're trying to get over this brand new cast, but they're still trying to get over the last cast that made a big impact the night before. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely a hard thing to juggle, but I'll, I'll just give it a three just to average it out. Yeah. I like that, man. Um, so commentary... I went three. Mm-hmm. I didn't think um, I didn't think Josh and Cole did anything out of the ordinary. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was your standard kind of commentary affair. Yeah, the matches I gave it three. There were only two. There was not much to them. With the amount of video packages that were going to come in the episode, I guess they just really couldn't fit that much time in the matches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess I was happy for what I got. Um, I give me Starship Pain, and I'm going to be happy. <laughs> so that worked out for me. Production, I went 3.5 mm, nice. because that explanation of the show in the beginning was very clutch to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really appreciated that. That nice rundown of this is what it is, this is how it works. Mm-hmm. Entertainment, standard affair, three. Nice. And then that was me for the episode. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I, I do agree with you. And I think that's probably we both gave it a 3.5 in... The production because yeah i really appreciated that recap as you mentioned that recap just gave it the nice little nudge over the hump was like, oh, okay there we go yeah i was really i was looking for it too i said you know what come on come on yeah <laughs> awesome so with our combined scores and the first score for this season is a three Ooh. right right down the middle 3.0 in the house i like it yeah no i think that pretty much sums it up because all the points that we just laid out, I think that's a fair score for this first episode in season two. For the next episode, we'll give you a slight preview of the main event. So the main event is a Nutter Tag match, and we get the team of Lucky Cannon and his pro Mark Henry going up against Perfect in Paradise, Kofi Kingston, and Michael McGillicuddy. McGillicuddy in the house. Pip. Pip in the house. Mm-hmm. Big pimpin'. <laughs> so, yeah, I uh, I kind of want to see this because I'm very curious about my memory with Lucky Cannon's in-ring work. And I know I'm pretty excited, actually, about Perfect in Paradise because they're both solid workers. So I definitely want to see... See them in the ring. So yeah, I think it's a good match. Is the it 
Kofi and McGillicuddy are going to make you look like a million bucks to compensate for any, like, you know, shortcomings that Cannon might have. And Mark Henry just needs to go in there and be buff. Mm -hmm. So it's all good. Yeah. That does it for this episode. Did you uh, did you have any plugs for this episode? I don't. Okay. Surprisingly, (laughs) I don't. I just you know what? There was nothing this season from the jump that I'm going to give a special shout out to except season one yes i season one is going to be my plug because i'm very proud that we have one season underneath our belt and if you ain't listening and you listen to this what are you doing (laughs) as we mentioned at the top of the show if uh how did you even get this far (laughs) without oh you know what i should cut it off and watch season one shame on you but thanks yeah (laughs) granted i will say that we've upped our our marksmanship and salesmanship <laughs> and overall mic work with this season. But if you do honestly want to catch up with us and also get a breakdown of how we've gotten this far with the storyline of NXT, I would definitely recommend to check out our first season and you'll get a recap of who these Nexus guys are before they became the Nexus, you know? Yeah, man. Give us a give us a shout on the first season. It's always great to see where people started off from. So see where we started off from the same way nxt started yeah my shout out this week is to our good friend at speaking wrestling you can uh check him out at speaking wrestling with elvis arroyo yeah he goes over different topics different reviews and yeah really informative stuff so i would highly recommend to check him out and yeah it's just speaking wrestling all one word find him on instagram youtube and twitter definitely recommend him all right well thanks again for checking us out and of course if you want to listen to season one or if you want to start fresh with us on season two or if you're you know have you if you've been sticking with us this whole time thank you so much and you can listen to all of our episodes on podbean spotify and youtube and that will do us for this episode take care out <laughs>